Why are you attempting to secure something? Why does this not work the way that I think it should? What it is that they need that can consume intelligence? You really need to know some programming language pretty well. Security is the feeling, right? Destructive power that has to your organization. This is Hack Chat, where red and blue teams unite. Welcome to Hack Chat. My name is Marco Figueroa, and today I have someone special. I mean, if you're into red teaming, you know this guy. Rob Fuller, also known as Mubix, has been around for a very long time. He's made a huge impact on cybersecurity. He's given various talks at various conferences. You've probably seen him talking at DEF CON or SHMUCON. His continuous commitment to writing blog posts. He's been hacking over 14 years. I've known him 14 years. I met him. Musebix has an extensive experience in network web application penetration testing and is a positive influence in the cybersecurity community. And I'd like to welcome you, Mubix. Introduce yourself for the people that don't know you. Uh, introduce, you just introduced me. How? I mean, uh, the background, the background, you know, some people that don't know your background. Um, so I start, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. Um, I, um, did explosives and, and, um, de- uh, and like the opposite of, uh, um, the EOD or, um, uh, ordinance division, um, which basically means we set explosives, um, mm-hmm. for four years. And then I perf- was at the Marsert or, um, uh, McNosk for, uh, four years. And that was basically my intro to InfoSec in, in 2004 or 2005 to 2008. Um, I was, uh, getting my feet wet and, and learning what it was to defend a network as large as the Marine Corps against, you know, nation state actors. So you can say I, uh, I jumped into the deep end of InfoSec right out of the gate. Um, and, um, after that, I worked at uh, a couple of government agencies and firms and stuff, then Rapid7, General Electric, IBM, uh, Uber, Cruise, uh, R5 Industries, which is a startup. Uh, I, yeah, I've been all over the place. Right now, I'm at Black Hills Information Security, I'm doing uh, purple teams mostly and uh, trying to get you know, customers, you know, one hair or one mile better at what they're doing. Nice, nice. I mean, everyone has felt, you know, this quarantine, right, over so many months. What have you done to keep yourself sane as well as to push forward and, and learn more and do more? What have you done? How have you stayed focused? Uh, I got three kids. I don't really need anything more to do. <laughs> um, um, but no, I, uh, you know, the kids, my wife have been great. Um, I, I've been over, uh, over, uh, I've been blessed with, you know, have being able to work this entire time, which a lot of people haven't. Um, and, uh, I lost my job as well, but I was able to get one pretty rec- uh, rapidly. And, uh, I, uh, I don't know what how, how have i kept myself sane um 
I'm not sure I did. <laughs> um, no, like, I don't, I don't know. Just, I've been doing the same stuff I always do. I've been working from home for uh, close to 10 years now. So like this, this COVID lock-in doesn't, hasn't really changed anything for me. Yeah. So you moved jobs recently, right? And I'm paraphrasing about a tweet earlier this year that you sent out and it, it was something of the lines of, if you have a cert CISSP, make sure to put it in your, you know, title head. And, and when you're sending out emails and, and on LinkedIn, why was that? What, what made you write that tweet? That was interesting to me. I still remember it. Yeah. So I don't want to go too far into the details of it, of why, um, but essentially um, it was, it has been a real, uh, a rude realization over, over multiple years of career. Um, and it was, it's, you always expect as a, as an employee that you'll be recognized for the things you do. Um, and you'll, you'll, your managers will just magically see the value you provide. Um, and unfortunately, like, they also have jobs to do too. They can't always be watching all the amazing stuff that you do or um, like having a cert uh, or like, um, you know, getting a cert or, or doing that big project or doing that small project that, you know, that does a lot of things that goes unnoticed. So the tweet was really focused around um, you need to be your, your biggest advocate. Like um, you need to brag. Um, you need to be humble, but also like you to get ahead in InfoSec to be to get better jobs or or to, to move up. Um, you need to make sure that you um, are seen. Um, mm -hmm. And now many people want to you know just do keep their head down, do their stuff, and then and then they'll complain about you know, not getting advancements or stuff like that. And I do too. Like that's me as well. Right. I, I, I keep my head down, um, uh, in many places that I've worked and like, um, and got frustrated that I didn't, you know, get to where I wanted to be. And that tweet was all focused around like, um, just, just a frustration that I've had, um, in, in myself for not, being more boastful, I guess. And that is, that is great because you're, you're very humble, right? You work hard, you do everything, you know, really well. Now that you've had right. that realization, what are you doing now to make that change? Not be braggadocious, but what are you doing now? Because you're in a new environment. So how are you going ahead and, and, shining the light bright on you so i will say that um i'm relatively new to bhs um so it's only been a year or less than a year um it'll be a year in may um and so right now i'm not really not really at that point um i think that i'm still kind of getting a feel for the company and and how it works and and where and, and where and what um would be the correct format of doing that in. And now um, I might take a year or a year and a half to kind of figure that out or even six months or whatever. 
um, depending on the company. And um, it's, it's really hard to know what's going to be taken well and what's not. So I, I recommend to people to, um, uh, there was a book the other day and I can't remember. Um, there, there's essentially a, a format that you need to uh, work with to identify in a company um, what types of praise um, uh, are investments essentially. And what types of praise are are um, are negative? So, working through a company and identifying those uh, those situations, like if you see another coworker who gets praise um, for something they did, um, you should note that, identify it, and see why they got that praise, and maybe talk to them about what what it was that. Um, was it because they finished seventeen tickets, and there's a like a threshold? on the manager's interface where he's looking for you know 10 or more completed tickets or whatever like once you identify where those where those praise items come from um then you need to work towards that uh so it's essentially like you know gaming the system like yeah. hacking your career essentially yeah yeah i feel like we came into the game around the same time right what has changed since you've entered into the cybersecurity space? Oh, it's gotten way more corporate. Um, like uh, there's there's a lot of more managers. Um, there's a lot less, you know, Wild West guns blazing. Um, and I think that that's good and bad, right? You get more bureaucracy, and but you lose some of the flexibility. Um, so... I think that's one of the, and, and the other piece that's really changed is um, with cybersecurity as a consultant, when I worked at Rapid7 back in 2009, even in 2009, um, it was always a fight every single time with every single customer to get them to understand that you are there for them, that it's not adversarial, that it's not, um, and and like red teamers are, are um uh, are at fault here too for making it adversarial, but um, like getting uh, customers to understand that you want their, you have their best interests in mind. And um, these days it's so much easier uh, because of the breaches, because of the big, um, you know, security, you know, everyone's security conscious these days, everyone knows what a breach is. I can talk to my mom and she knows what a security breach means to that company, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, the fact that it's more widely known, the terminology is widely known, means that it's a lot easier to get, you know, buy-in and 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 movement in companies. So I think that that's that's a positive change that has come as more managers have gotten, you know, more you know business. Uh, majors have gotten into the industry. Yeah, you've continued to keep up and and write blog posts, right, with the latest research. What drives you to continue to push those limits? Um, mostly because, like, I absolutely love um, learning new things, um, mm -hmm. and I learn in a in a very specific way. So, if I hear someone do something. 
um, I can I consume that as as knowledge. Um, I'm not much of a reader in sense. Um, I will read blog posts, um, but I can't like I have a bunch of books on the shelf behind where the camera is um, that I've paged through but not really read. Mm -hmm. um, I I consume blog posts really easily because what I want to do is then do the exact same thing in the blog post. Um, and that's like my way of learning. And that's how I keep up with things. I see a blog post, then I want to do it. And then I run into every problem. <laughs> like every time someone makes a blog post about some security technique or tool or whatever, uh, I, I guarantee that there's some, you know, some people who've written blog posts that have the fear that I'm going to come uh, use their tool because like, as soon as I use someone's tool and it doesn't work, I, I approach them like, hey, this doesn't work here. This doesn't work there. This doesn't work there. This doesn't work here. This is like, uh, I think HD um, pegged me very early on in my career where he's like, you're not a great pen tester. What you are is one of the best QAs I've ever, I've ever seen. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, everything breaks around me. Like, like, every tool red team tool just seems to like not work when i try it and so and i don't have any fear about asking people so i will try and try and try and try and try until i get this tool or whatever to work the way that they said it would that is that is a skill right just having the courage to ask to be open and and not give a damn of like who it is <laughs> what it is right a lot of people shy away from it because they don't want to show their you know, their hand, right? So I know in the past, I've heard you say one of your passions uh, through your work is not only sharing the techniques and procedures, but what type of engagements red teamers do? Why is yeah. that important to you? Because I, I think that, um, I think that different organization, like, it's like, it's like as if you, you went to McDonald's, and the only thing they sold were, were burgers. Like, great, I've had a burger, I love burgers. I absolutely love cheeseburgers. You can add whatever topping you want. It's gonna make them, you know, a mean burger and you can change different things in it. But sometimes I want a chicken sandwich, right? Sometimes I want a, a filet of fish, right? Like when when a, when a industry stagnates in its type of engagements, um, it means that it's providing less and less value to the customer. and. Yes, um, uh, you know, every engagement is different because other, you know, different uh, firms have different tools, but it's just another red team. It's just another pen test. It's just another purple team. And when you start to add different engagement types, then, is, then you, get, you start getting into stuff that is way more valuable um, to different customers, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, one of the things I wish, I absolutely wish more organizations would do right now is doing the stolen device um, slash uh, stolen or lost device engagement types. Um, right now with all of COVID happening, with everyone working from home, having a, having a device stolen right now for most organizations means that what they do is step one, they disable the device remotely or try and remote wipe it. Mm -hmm. Step two, they then um, provide the the uh, the worker another device that they can work on. Step three, that's it. 
and like they don't do any response into like hey does this user have has this user authenticated from somewhere they haven't been before has this computer been seen on the wi-fi again recently has this you know has the backup solution been looked at has like are there alerts still coming from this box like nothing from from a blue team point of view they don't even touch stolen devices mm. and it just boggles my mind right so the fact that like not a single not a single organization i've ever done a test for before i did this type of test knew for sure that, that their remote wipe worked and i will tell you that every assessment that i've done um it hasn't not a single technology that does remote wiping has worked a hundred percent and it's really and important so now. Now and especially. right it's super important right now so like if i'm if i'm a company and i have all mac devices and i rely on apple's remote wipe mdm solution and, and i push the button and it says remote wipe initiated but it doesn't like it just pushes that request down that it's going to do it on the box next time it connects to the internet or or whatever like you can still do things on that machine um and it's it's super frustrating like there's so much trust in in tools that that just i think because it's not part of the security architecture it's an it um asset mm -hmm. like the remote wiping and, and re that no one really looks at it no one thinks twice about it mm. i feel a talk coming in 2021 <laughs> from you with that you know you've built nova hackers with chris gates i believe i believe it was 2014 ish no uh earlier he, than that um, i started this thing called um security um luncheon okay in dc back in 2008 okay and he was the first attendee ever and um, we had lunch together at Lafont Plaza and after we had started getting four or five people each time um, he suggested making it uh, like an official group mm. and he already had the note hackers name uh, and he cre he created it and we we started it together Oof. as an official group got now you already answered the question. I didn't even answer it, right? It was like, what was that idea behind it? It was like, all right, we got enough people. Let's make it a thing. You know, some of my closest friends that I've met was from Nova Hackers. You know, I, what have you gotten out of Nova Hackers? I, I've friends, talks, you know, those side chats. Conversation. Yeah, conversations. Yeah, yeah. What oh have you gosh. gotten out of it? I can't even list the amount of ideas, the amount of good conversations, the amount of friends that I've gotten out of Nova Hackers. I think I'm 100% sure that I've gotten more out of Nova Hackers than I put into it. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the, like we have talks from like, and we always use this example because it's the perfect example um, from how to make better coffee all the way up to RSA zero days. Um, there was a guy <laughs> we had in that, um, it was a kid, like maybe mid twenties, um, who was talking about zero days in RSA that everyone in the room were like, go get paid, stop talking about this and go get paid. <laughs> and so like, it was, 
it was uh it's always been such a great time um and like and it's different every single time uh the the talks range all up and down the spectrum and it's i don't know it's it's a great group of people do you is it still going is it still happening we still month? we still have meetings online yeah oh um, wow so that's the one thing um we have no secret um quote unquote unrecorded meetings anymore um we don't record the meetings but we can't control someone else doing it so we all of the meetings are considered quote unquote public yeah um, until we can meet in person again yeah it was when i lived in maryland i think it was for three years that is the one thing that sticks out like i said i some of my closest friends to this day i met through nova hackers i mean it it impacted me when i was in maryland it was it was the thing that i looked forward to driving all the way to virginia from maryland from Hyattsville, which was a 45 minute trip, but I would make it, especially with all that traffic. I would, I wouldn't give a damn. Mm -hmm. I, I would have missed it for the world. Now explain to me what takes to what it takes to get or to become a better or a very good red team. Mer. As a red team or as a, a, in the team in general, you want um, I would say both, but just to get someone that is good, that wants to get really good, that wants to take their, you know, talent to another level. Empathy. Mm. Um, the, the number one thing for a red teamer, um, I think is, is literally empathy. Um, mm. and the idea that when you make a report that the, that what kind of effect that happened that has on the the client now um every one of your findings and every one of those details if if you make a uh if you make a pointed report like um just check or just validate user input for instance that's one of my most hated um finding uh said uh like remediation details um and, and like what that ha what happens after that is that the client or customer then gets that and has to put that into a, some kind of ticket for some developer to go fix and like what does validate input mean and all all of the things that go along with that and like everything that you do is so so microscope viewed these days um that we can no longer be you know wild wild west you know guns blazing mm -hmm. type you know just go fix it kind of people um when if you're talking specifically technically um if you want to get better technically i would highly suggest doing more hack the boxes um i have learned about tools that i didn't know about i've learned about techniques i didn't know about just by struggling through uh, hack the box challenges and going to their going to their forums and seeing you know the hints and tips and how to get through it um and learning that um that and join join the hack the box group of people that way you can play off of each other and learn um so yeah so let's go back to um the best way to become a better red teamer is to join a team and mm. be a team learn from other people in that safe environment of, of, of camaraderie. 
Nice. Who has mentored you during your career? Can you pick? I I know there's going to be so many, right? But (laughs) who sticks out? Sure. So H.D. Moore, obviously, um, he's uh, been a great mentor uh, a great friend. Um, uh, Some of his takes on on cybersecurity were were the basis and foundation of mine. Um, Obviously, Chris Gates, who's been an amazing friend. His um, recent uh, mind hacking stuff has been amazing, and Mm -hmm. I've uh, consumed a lot of that. Um, Matt Graber. Um, his take on his, his change and, and take on, uh, open source tools and, and defensive, uh, mindset and empathy for the defender with, uh, red teamers. Um, that's been huge for me. Um, let's see, uh, Craig Balding, um, he is, uh, he was my manager at General Electric and he taught me how to, Man, how do I describe this? Uh, how to work inside of an organization to motivate and and make things happen. Mm. Um, I pro- without his mentorship, I probably wouldn't have been able to do some of the huge changes that we got done at, at General Electric that um, definitely were there. Um, and Bruce Potter, Bruce Potter has also been a, a he. He, don't, we, he and I don't talk directly that all that often, but just learning from him via tweets and via via his rants at TrueCon and stuff like that um, has been um, super impactful on my my frame of mind and, and how I, I work at, at cybersecurity. And 90% of those, like everyone I mentioned, none of them are, are on the technical side. I mean, they're technical as, as people, but their mentorship was not technical. Mm-hmm. It was all, it was all mindset and that, and uh, how to approach different problems. So I, I think that um, if you're looking, if you have listeners or viewers who are looking for technical mentors, um, then that's a lot harder to do. Um, they should just use everyone, like literally join yeah all of the slacks and stuff and just ask questions. Yep. Yep. And don't be afraid to ask those questions. I think for me, what I would do usually back, back in the day when I went to DEF CON, DEF CON 8, 9, up to like 14, and then it got to me too crazy. But I used to look through who was speaking, what interested me about what they were speaking about, read anything they had out there published and then i would go ahead and write questions for them just in case if i met them at the bar or i seen them walking across i didn't want to waste that person's time by hey good talk it was like i was very strategic with questions like i paid attention i followed up this is i'm not wasting your time i need these answers because what you're doing is interesting yeah the that's an interesting point of view uh, or, or an interesting point. Uh, I think that me as a speaker, people saying, hey, good talk is less. I don't know. It's it's more for them than it is for me, I think. It's and generic. It's like generic. When, 
it's generic and, and it feels ingenuous. When people ask me questions about something that I talked about, mm -hmm. that means they were listening and they were inspired to ask the question, which means that they thought it was a good talk. Yeah, and right? they were engaged. So, right, and so that's way more valuable to me as a speaker than, uh, than hey, good talk. And so um, I try and do that for speakers as well, right? Like, I don't really, I mean, I'll say good talk just because that's the formality. Yeah. But I will also like, hey, did you think about this? Or uh, I didn't quite understand that. Mm -hmm. Why does it work this way or whatever? Mm. And like, and everyone I've interacted with, um, everyone I've approached that way or in Slack or in Discord or whatever has been super awesome. Yeah. And so use use the community as your mentor. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I do that now at smaller conferences, you know, 300 or less where it's, you know, you're going to bump into them, you know, it's, it's small. And I, I go back to that. Like, I know this is going to be good. I'm here for a reason. It's not just to hang out. Yep. It's to pull out some nuggets and I could go back home and, you know, get after it. And that's, I kind of do that at DEF CON with people that I know, prior mentors, mm -hmm. where, like you said, uh, mindset has a lot to do with the direction you're going, right? And if you have someone helping put the battery in your back to go, <laughs> it's, it's where you want to go, right? So what advice I would say you would give viewers on finding different mentors, right? So for me, I'll give you an example. I, I, I always say, hey, I have a mentor for like exercise, diet, all these different little things. And like you said, you go to chats and stuff like that. What I try to assist people when they ask me to mentor them, what I what I do is throw them a ringer, some something that was important to me. And I'm like, hey, read this. And if you read it, I'm like, okay, you're ready. Right. You're ready to take that step. So mastery is around 700 pages. You know, I'm if if I give that to you and you read it, I know you're serious. So that's what I, I always tell people for me. It's like if you want to find a mentor, you must do things that maybe you don't like or maybe, you know, it is. But you have to provide the value to them. You know, what is, what is the value of them taking their, yeah, everyone's busy, right? I'm going to take out an hour of my time to, to go ahead and, and assist you, you know, and that's what I would recommend. Do you recommend anything? Um, for me, I learn like I, like I said, um, I learn differently. Um, and I learn by, by doing myself. So I, you like I said, I use the community as a mentor. I I ask everyone questions. Mm. Like any blog post that I see, I'm like, okay, can I do that locally? Can I do that in my VM? Can I do that here? It doesn't work here. Why doesn't it work here? Mm. Why does this not work the way that I think it should? Um, and so that's when I I ping developers. I ping uh, people I know would know or or think would know. Um, if someone gives a talk. For instance, if you gave a talk and said, here's how to do these seven things, I would try every one of those seven things to see if I could do it. And if I can't figure out number six, I'm going to say, hey, Marco, how do you do number six? Why doesn't this work? Here's the output of it. 
and like you should never you should never worry about some like i wouldn't worry about you saying all right idiot um you didn't you listen to the talk you should have known how did this how does this work if someone responds to you like that put a little x next to their name and move on right <clears throat> like there's so many people who are more than willing to share information mm-hmm. that you don't have you should never waste your time on someone who isn't Absolutely. You know, I always call like people like ourselves mental athletes, right? You have Olympians and and all these different sports. We're mental athletes. We stay in front of our computer and we're focused all day. How do you stay focused for long periods of time? Do you have a routine? Is it music or scent? For me, it is music and scent. I know you love Red Bulls. (laughs) I know you love... I love energy drinks. Okay. I, I do consume quite a few energy drinks. Um, okay. I have a couple over there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, uh, how do I stay focused? I have a little kitchen timer. Um, mm. As stupid as this sounds, I have a little kitchen timer that I bought on Amazon and I flip it to 30 minutes or whatever. Um, there was actually a great um, video. I, I don't remember who it was by, but they they talked about how it, people with ADHD, which I don't know if I have or not, um, I wouldn't claim to diagnose myself, um, but they talked about how people who have hard time sitting and focusing um, on and getting things done um, can use a kitchen timer that um, you can set it to five minutes. And if you can complete that, that item in five minutes, you can walk away from it. Even if it's like a, a two week assignment or like a, a five hour thing, the overbearance of the or the feeling of of that time suck of having something that's going to take you five hours is is sometimes really hard for people and especially me um, to like sit down and say okay I'm going to sit here for five hours and get this done um, but this kitchen timer has really helped me where I set it for five minutes and for me finishing that five minutes even if I don't continue on that's a, an accomplishment and that mm-hmm. that hit the goal that I was setting. Um, and what really happens, um, which is awesome. And it's, even though I know it's happening, it still happens is I'll set it for five minutes. And because I've started down that road, I will keep Mm. going. Mm. Right. That, that load comes off my back saying it's going to take you five hours and I, I work through it and I'll, I'll spend, even if I only spend two hours on it, I still did the five minutes and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's where that mental, you know, hack comes into play. Oh yeah. And so for me, focusing on something long periods of time, I, if I want to do it, it's automatic. I, I usually have a hard time walking away from things. Um, but if I don't want to do it, I use the kitchen timer. Oh, that's nice. You know, I have a similar process where I do a countdown to five, four, three, two, one. And it's like, just react, just go, just do it. Right. And I like that. I'm, I'm definitely going to start using that. I also use a Pomodoro, the Pomodoro technique where I do 25 minutes. I try to do, um, yeah, I, I try to get that done and I have a whole process. I have my headphones, there's a certain playlist, or I use brain.fm where they have different types of, um, music with uh brain waves like zeta waves i think it's called and um yeah it it puts me in a zone i have scent 
that I use and all of the little things is like, okay, you're ready. You're get you're gearing up for war right now and you're going to mm-hmm. have this tunnel vision. Right. And that's what I try to do. You know, it's, it's the two cups of um, shots of espresso right there. And I load everything up, put everything on mute and it's, and it's go time. And I find have that, that... have you read the book on writing by Stephen King? No, 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 no. So, um, so he had his book um, is all about how he writes and how he gets in the mode mm. and like his books are gigantic, right? They, they explain everything down to the <clears throat> minute detail. And like, I can't even imagine writing as much as he does. And the crazy thing is he does exactly what you just said. Like exact, like he gets into the mode and, um, one of the coolest things that I learned was even someone as famous as him for his writing, um, he does the same things that you and I are talking about. He and um, his first five pages of writing, he talks about how his first five pages of writing aren't actually even words. He just starts typing and writing or, or writing on a pad of paper to get um, into the and flow. It's, and it's just gibberish and it's not even, you know, conscious thought or sentences and he gets into the flow. And like that makes me, hearing that Stephen King or write reading that Stephen King does that that way makes me feel better about my process. Right? What is the name of this book again? On writing, I think it's uh... okay. I'm locking it in because you know this is this is on writing. Oh yes, okay, I, it is on writing. So uh, I kind of learned that process where. Um, through the art of learning by Josh Watskin or Waitskin, right? He was saying how to build triggers, right? To, to, to start linking stuff where you're building, uh, triggers. Right. And I had to develop that because I didn't know what it was at first. Like, what is my trigger? What do I need? And, and it was asking those questions and trying to be self-aware of my need. What, what is that? And I think over time, I haven't gotten there. I, I, I kind of understand myself better. But, you know, when you read books and then you start thinking of things like you, you, <laughs> you, I read David Goggins, uh, You Can't Hurt Me, right? Um, great book. I recommend it for everyone. But he, he said something that really like impacted me. He goes, and I, I'm, I'm quoting his book. What happens when you don't have music, motherfucker? What happens when you don't have it? And I was like, huh, that made me think. And I'm like, huh, I will always have it, but he's right. What if I don't have that music to get me in a zone? What if that music doesn't get me in the zone? How do you get yourself there? And and that really like put, put it in my head. Hey, okay. I got to start tweaking this and maybe it is, you know, something that gets me there in five minutes. So I asked HD the same question. He said, silence, silence. Yeah. I yeah, was like, I, what? <laughs> no, him in his silence. Yeah. 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 So it, it was awesome. But you know, I know we're approaching that time, sir. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mubix. I mean, you've, you've done so much, right. And you continue to push that envelope. Like, I love your blog posts. You're always creating. You're a creator, 
right? You're a hacker, but you, you're a creator. You know, it's, it's, you're like a Picasso, right? You throw a, a blank <laughs> canvas, canvas there and you just start painting and, and it, it comes out as a masterpiece. And I know I'm speaking for myself and, and many people in the community. Thank you for what you've done. And I greatly appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. Any last words for anyone out there? My last words were, um, don't ever doubt yourself. Um, Oof, uh, it's not worth it. Mm. Like just, just go do good things. Um, yeah. and you know what good is. Yep. Yep. I, I completely agree. I, I think just small note on that. Like, you know, you can, you can act as if, and, and, you know, there's, there's a big difference with being confident and cocky, right? I'm talking about confident yep. and, and believing in yourself. So I, I, I agree with you on that. And with that, thank you, Mubix. I greatly appreciate it. And till oh. the next time, have a good one.